On Wild Ideas Worth Living, we've met a lot of people at the top of their game, setting records and being the first of their kind. But what happens when you're already at the top, like Olympic level good at your sport? You know the ropes, maybe even landing that impossible trick feels easy now, but you've forgotten what it feels like to be a beginner. Filmmaker Dylan Efron hangs out with a lot of professional athletes who are experts at what they do, but it's been a long time since they worried about failing at a new adventure. On his YouTube series called Flow State, Dylan invites these pro athletes to do an extreme sport they've never tried before. They get the chance to be a beginner all over again. Here's a clip from the first episode of Flow State with pro skateboarder Letitia Buffoni. This is our wall. Nice. I always see people rock climbing, but I was always super scared, so I was like, I'll never try it. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid of heights, and this is really high for me, so. We're gonna start with a rappel down. We gotta get rid of the fear of heights right out of the way, because then she can stop focusing on that. This is like the real deal. <laughs> I'm really scared right now. <laughs> on the episode, Dylan calmly shows Leticia how to find her footing on her first ever outdoor climb. Dylan himself is a writer, producer, filmmaker, and an outdoor athlete. Fun fact, he's also the actor Zac Efron's younger brother, and he produced Zac's new Netflix documentary series called Down to Earth. Previously, Dylan worked on the production teams for films like A Star is Born, Get Hard, and Chips. Before we dive into Dylan's new series, I wanted to ask him how he built a lifestyle around the things he loves most. A few years ago, Dylan decided he didn't just want to work on films. He also wanted to become a triathlete, a surfer, a rock climber, a van lifer, and an outdoor adventurer. All right, Dylan Efron, welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. Thank you for having me on. And you're, you're in your van in Manhattan Beach right now. Yeah, I am. I'm bumming some Wi-Fi, so <laughs> just full full van life right now. I love it. I mean, you walk the talk. It's great. So The Wolf, tell me about this. Is that the name of your van? Yeah, that's the name of the van. You're pretty good at like fixing it up and just cooking yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah, I just fixed the, wa- the water pump the other day. I didn't have fresh water, which was crushing me. It's like imagine like surfing and being all sandy all day or salty all day. So now I have a hose out of the back. It's awesome. That's the best. So how did you get into like rock climbing and surfing and everything you're into now? I think there was just this moment in my life. It was probably when I was leaving my nine to five job because I I left college and I went to work at Warner Brothers for five years. And there was just so much that I felt like I had put off that I, I wanted to experience. I wanted to be a surfer. I wanted to be a rock climber. I wanted to do all this stuff, but I hadn't been able to yet. So I think it was just kind of that, like, I'm tired of wishing I was that person and like holding back. So I just started going for it and started doing all these things that turned into passion. So, so did you do them on the side of your nine to five? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I, I was, uh, Geez, I while I was working the nine to five, I, I was ri- writing scripts because I wanted to be a script writer. I uh, I was running Ironman, so I was training. I was pretty much running like a lot of times. I'd run to work, which was a ten mile run, work all day, and then would either bike home or run home. <laughs> the nine to five wasn't great for me, so I had to supplement that with just burning myself out as much as I could, cardio wise and endurance wise. So. 
I can relate to that. And I worked for five years at Vans, which is an awesome company, but awesome. I was in an so office. And so I would, <laughs> nice. I was, uh, I would run before work, after work, surf as much as I could sometimes like drive to the beach at lunch. Yeah. It's a weird way to be motivated actually. Like I always thought, Oh, if I didn't have this nine to five, I, I would be training so much. I'd be pro by now. I'd, I'd be a pro surfer. And it's actually like, no, when you have that nine to five, you wake up early because you know, you have one hour to get this done. And if you miss that hour, you're going to feel like crap. So having a job actually motivates you a little bit more than, than not having a traditional nine to five. So how did you get the wild idea to leap? Um, I, like I said, I, I definitely planted those seeds. I, I planted those seeds and I, um, I actually ended up selling a script and that gave me the financial freedom to take some risks. And I think, uh, since then I I've noticed that it's almost like this fight between being comfortable and uncomfortable and like that risk versus reward. And every time I've gotten uncomfortable and every time I've taken that risk, it's been rewarded. And every time that I would stay comfortable or like put something off, I've always regretted it. So I, I think since that initial decision to leave and start taking risks, it's been kind of something I've lived by and just keep keep trying to get uncomfortable, keep trying to grow. I'm really interested. In that. So wait, what script was it? Can I ask? Yeah, it was a script for the Lifetime channel. It was actually, uh, it was funny because I had written a few scripts. One was like a beach volleyball script. That was like the one that I thought was going to get made and it still might. And, uh, and so I had like a beach volleyball. It was like totally like Matthew McConaughey, like old surfer vibe. Then I had I like it. one that was based on my childhood, which was like trying to find this dead body. And it was like a kind of a Goonies like type thing. The one I ended up getting hired to write was a love triangle. <laughs> and, uh, and I have to say, I loved writing it. It was not, I didn't expect that to be my genre, but like, a few sex scenes and stuff <laughs> written later. I was like, this, this is so fun. <laughs> I did not expect this conversation would go there, but I so appreciate it. After Dylan sold that script, he took off traveling. He spent almost all of 2019 going to France, Puerto Rico, London, Iceland, Costa Rica, Peru, and Sardinia with a film crew. They were working on the Netflix documentary series Down to Earth with Dylan's brother, Zach. The series was amazing. I loved it. And I think it was so special and unique that Dylan got to collaborate on such a huge project with his brother. What was it like filming Down to Earth with Zach? It's uh, it's great because it's like I see both sides of it. It's like I see this the pains he's going through, like like the the lack of sleep or like how tired he is. And I think if there's one person that can understand how he's feeling or understand what he wants to do and not what he doesn't want to do, it's probably me. So it's funny, like being able to be a medium between like the rest of the production crew and my brother, because most of the times, like what I'm feeling is what my brother's feeling. That's really cool that you guys have such a good relationship. And do you guys do any outdoor sports together? Is there one that you guys love to do? I'm always trying to get him to come out with me and, and do stuff, but it, it's hard when you're, when you're famous, it's like, like I've taken him surfing and then all of a sudden there's a, like a crowd of people on the beach. And it's like, it's not so fun to be a beginner when, when there's an audience. So I, I think it, it is hard for him to get into a lot of sports, but like, it's crazy when I see him get into it because like, we'll go rock climbing and 
like things that took me a month to do all of a sudden he's doing and I'm like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta step it up. Like he's very quick at learning. I think he was always a little bit better at like action sports than I was. So he picks him up very quickly and I'm like, Oh, okay. It kind of motivates me to get better as well. I get asked a lot what it was like to grow up with him. And it's like, I always idolized my brother. He was, he's like my older brother. So before he was famous to now it's like, nothing's changed. But um, when I left college, he was there for me. It was like, he let me move into his house. When I moved to LA, he's like, totally took that big brother to heart. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be where I am without him. So, so, so thankful for that relationship with him. So your bro is pretty high profile actor. I have sisters and one of them's pretty high profile. And so there was always a lot of pressure for me as the youngest to achieve did you have that as well? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I, that's interesting. So like, I think growing up, I did everything the opposite of Zach because he was so natural on camera. And so like, they were like, hey, Zach, sing something. He belt him a song out. And like, he was just so like comfortable and and confident. And I was just like, whoa, I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm not going to be in a play. I'm going to go play sports. So like, I was so the opposite I just wanted to like wrestle and, and like be outdoors. And I, I, I wanted everyone to look at him. I completely understand that. There's three of us girls in our family and um, you would have no idea we're related because we each tried to do completely different things. And now we're all becoming more similar. It's funny. So I think you just do learn to embrace parts of yourself that you didn't realize you had. Exactly. And I think that was probably like, why would I try to sing if, if Zach's so good at singing and like, I don't even know if I can hold a note. So it was like at the time I didn't, uh, I didn't take the steps that he took. Like I didn't take voice lessons and stuff like that. So I was just like, well, I'm going to go my own path. I don't need to be him. And then like, again, like now I'm starting to realize that there is so much joy in that, that side that I was neglecting creativity and art that goes into performance and all that stuff. Lately, Dylan has completely embraced his creative side. After years of being behind the scenes and staying off the camera, he decided to try something new. He started a YouTube channel and he's putting himself in front of the camera as the host of his new series, Flow State. For a lot of you, the weather is currently wet, icy, and snowy, or all of the above which is why owning a good pair of winter boots is so important. That's where Danner's Mountain Pass Arctic Night Boot comes in. This boot not only has the classic Danner look, it's made in their Portland, Oregon factory after all, can't get more classic than that, but it'll also keep your feet nice and warm with the breathable Gore-Tex lining and thin insulation. No slush and snow leaking through these shoes. And because slipping on surprise ice is the worst, these boots have a Vibram Arctic Grip outsole, which is super helpful in keeping your feet securely on the ground during these dark, cold winter months. You can shop Danner at Danner.com and find more details on the Mountain Pass Arctic Night Boots in the show notes. In the spirit of being a beginner again... Dylan is attempting something different as a filmmaker. He's hosting the new YouTube series, Flow State. On the show, Dylan takes professional athletes on day trips where they try a completely new sport. If you watch the show, you can see in the footage, some of the sports are pretty wild. 
So tell me about Flow State. What is it? Why did you start it? So Flow State, I'd worked behind the camera my whole life. Like I was working at Warner Brothers in production. I was um, working on Down to Earth behind the scenes. And we're all storytellers at the end of the day. Like you on this podcast, you're a beautiful storyteller. And, and sometimes I'd notice behind the cameras, I'm like urging someone to say something. I'm like, ask this question. And the only way that you can really do that is if you're hosting. So I think I started to realize that why aren't I putting myself in front of the camera? Like, why was I too afraid to do that? And I think it was that ego. Like, I was always just a little afraid and scared what people would think. And then I started to do it and I found some passion for it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make my first series and test this out. Firestone Walker Brewing Company was the first person to hear hear the pitch of, of my first show. And they're like, let us know how we can help. We want to collaborate with you. We're in. So together we filmed my first series, which was Flow State. I wanted my first series to really represent who I am. And who I am is I love getting in nature with friends. And I'm very fortunate to have pretty cool friends to, to go on me with these adventures. So we're doing anything from spearfishing to off-roading to speed flying, just every random sport you can think of. And during those full day adventures, I'm getting to learn about my guests, but I'm also learning more about myself and conquering fears and stuff like that. So I love it. I watched the first two episodes. So what can people expect when they watch Flow State? I watched a little clip and like, it was wild. You were flipping cars and hanging off mountains. A lot happens. Gosh, like, I think the fun part about this show is like, we're taking people who who haven't necessarily experienced that sport. So like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's one of the best football players around, has spent so many hours in that craft. So I took him in the ocean and went spearfishing. And like, spearfishing is not a beginner sport. You have to know how to free dive. You have to know how to equalize your ears. You have to know that you're holding a gun and this is essentially hunting. There's so much danger and foreign stuff. So I think seeing someone go and attack it is so cool. It's the most real emotion you can ever, ever see. Like Juju's first dive, he literally had no idea how to equalize his ears. And so he just went for it because he's an athlete and he was, went down 20 feet and he's like, bro, he's like, it's so clear down there. This is insane. But my ears hurt a little bit. Like, what was that about? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You have to equalize and stuff like that. But it was so cool seeing that like raw emotion of like, oh my gosh, I was just 20 feet under ocean. I've never been there before. There's fish, there's seaweed, like so much stuff that was for a first for him that he's just got this massive smile. So I think like that real emotion of seeing someone experiencing a first is so beautiful. Mm, I love that. I really want to watch that episode. Did you guys catch anything? We did. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a tough day. We were out. It was, uh, this show, we just go for it, whether it's the perfect conditions or not. And it was probably one of the worst days we could have gone spearfishing. Huge swell. Visibility was like red tide, so we couldn't see much. But we went for it, and that's part of the experience. <laughs> I love the juxtaposition. Like, a football player goes spearfishing. A skateboarder goes rock climbing. These volleyball players go on these, like, high-speed cars. How do you find your guests? Are they your buddies, or you just find them? Yeah, a lot of times, especially in this first season, I was relying on friends. And I'm so thankful that like I can reach out to friends and say, hey, you want to do something crazy? And they say, yes. Like, I have no idea why they would do that. Like, why would you trust me? <laughs> do you ever have to convince some of your guests to be on the show? And if you do, what do you say to them to get them to do it? I'm I'm very thankful that I didn't have to. And I don't know why people trust me, but... 
like every time I asked, those were the first five people that I actually asked. I didn't, no one actually said no. So I'm so like thankful to that because of course rejection doesn't feel bad, but it also just shows like I'm looking for a, a certain type of person for this show. And I, I want that person who's willing to say yes and take risks. And like, I knew Letitia was like that. And that's why she said yes. I'm always kind of shocked when they say yes. And then I'm like, all right, this is awesome. Let's go do it tomorrow. <laughs> like, but I, I'm very lucky that that I didn't have to do any convincing or anything like that. So <laughs> That's amazing. And so now that um, now that they've seen you uh, crash cars and like flip them, do you think that you might have some <laughs> rejection? Yeah, it's funny because like the, the whole, I, the, from like a producer standpoint, I'm like, once we get the first season done, like it'll be so much easier to get guests. But I'm like, it might get harder after <laughs> this first season because we're really going to be like, okay, well, is there like insurance on this show? <laughs> Stuff like that. So It's awesome. Well, what do you hope people get out of it when they watch the show? I hope uh, I hope they're just inspired to try something new because it's it's showing like Juju Smith Schuster wasn't afraid to try spearfishing. He knows nothing about it. He's been in the ocean probably less times than most most people that grew up in California, and he's just like, sure, like I I don't care. I'm, this sounds awesome, and I think that like mentality of just taking that risk is so so awesome when you say yes. And I also think the moments that you see in this show are very genuine. Like the the bonds that are shared is that only happens when you're experiencing something shared like that. Have you ever considered taking just an everyday average human like randomly off the streets and taking them on an adventure? I would love that. And I guarantee you I'd become friends with them because I, I'm curious and I love I, I love learning. So I, I think I think uh, it's pretty easy to make friends when you're doing stuff like that. You seem like the kind of guy who just always wants to learn new things like where does that come from I think it is just the fact that I love being a beginner going back to that since I changed that perspective and was like all right I need to take as many risks as I can and try as many things I'm finding so much joy in in life I guess it's just like there's so many fun things out there and so many people that are willing to teach as well people love sharing their knowledge and and helping the next generation grow and I think it I, I, it was just a place of fear, I think, before that I was just afraid to look dumb and afraid to be a beginner. And then I realized that was just something I needed to embrace. When you watch Flow State, you can feel Dylan's joy as he introduces his guests to the thrill of being a beginner all over again. I love watching Dylan guide them in difficult situations. It reminds us even the pros are nervous to try things they've never done before. Maybe talk to me about, you know, being a beginner just kind of sucks. Like it's scary. It's hard. You don't want to look like a kook. Yeah. And, and see, where I would argue with that is I think being a beginner is fun. Awesome. It's just there's, there's this negative stigma around it that you're going to look like a kook. So I love trying new things. It's like that learning curve when you try something and you just absolutely suck, but then you try it again and you're like already 50% better. I love that. Like, yeah, I think, I think just we're all afraid to look stupid. That's, that's all it is at the end of the day. Like I hear so many people that say they wish they could surf or they wish they would learn. It's like, just learn. I had no idea how to surf two years ago. And it's just, I spent 50 hours in the ocean this year or whatever. And now I'm that much better. So it's like, it's all that time in the water and how, how dedicated you are to learning something, but it's never too late. I love that you've only been surfing for two years. 
Yeah, I think after surfing on like a nice day, I saw what the pleasure was. And uh, from then I was hooked. Can you tell me what flow state is to you? Yeah, flow state is that feeling when you're just absolutely present. And I get it a lot when I'm rock climbing and it's and uh, a lot of these action sports, you can get it. But it's it's mainly like in rock climbing, if you're afraid of falling, you're not going to be giving 100% on the route. So if you're thinking like, oh, like this is going to be a scary fall, I'm going to back. It's immediately like you start to back out. But when you're fully in and just worried about the next move and and that you know you can do this, you start to lose that like consciousness of where you are and and the fact that you might fall. And you're just fully consumed in that moment until that moment ends. And you're like, whoa, I just did that or something like that. And that's like that, that moment of flow state for me is just being absolutely present and you you almost don't realize you're in it until after, but it's one of the nicest, most beautiful feelings you can feel. So how do you approach fear and does, you know, the fear of trying new things and getting out of your comfort zone, does, does it get easier? Yeah, I think getting easier, it does get easier, but it, it never goes away. And, uh, like a, a perfect example is I went rock climbing yesterday and, I still regret it uh, today because it was like, I didn't give it my best because I was climbing scared. And, and in hindsight, it was like, why was I afraid? And I did like, so I guess that, yeah, the answer is that I still feel scared and I still feel all these fears. I know that I'm preaching this, that I know that you can like conquer these fears and the best thing is on the other side of those fears. So I have that in my head and I'm like, I know I need to do this. Any advice though, if you are a beginner or newbie and you're trying something and you're just maybe afraid you're not going to look cool or it's going to be hard or you have fear? Yeah, just I, it, ask questions. Like I, there's so many times that I've been at the rock climbing gym and like, I, unfortunately those are closed right now in LA, but you see beginners and, and like, you can tell they're like watching you and like, like want to ask you questions and like, half the time I'm the one that like will initiate it. I'm just like, Hey, like, I know you're, you have a question. Like, what is it? Like, there's so much fear of, of that. Like, you don't want to know, let, let people know that this is your first time climbing. It was something I did too, but you have to embrace that people want to help you. And, uh, I think once you just open that conversation, you're going to learn and uh, people are so friendly outdoors. They all want to help. So I think you just have to, forget your ego and ask for help. It's funny how we're so afraid of looking dumb when we're beginners, but really the people we're intimidated by are often cheering us on. Talking with Dylan reminded me that putting ourselves in brand new situations, that's what helps us grow. And Dylan has had a lot of practice being an awkward newbie. He's traveled so much and had so many different experiences. I had to ask him about the highlights. What's the wildest thing you had to do for your TV show? Speedfly. It was so, so scary. <laughs> it's the most scared I've ever been. You essentially just run off a cliff with a parachute. And it is so, so, so scary. Uh, it was unlike anything I'd ever done before. And I, it took a lot of me just turning my brain off to even run off. 
but it was wow. yeah, that, that's by far the scariest thing i've ever done what was the wildest thing you did for the netflix down to earth show well we ate like slugs i saw you I eat slugs that, that, that yeah, was pretty wild <laughs> yeah but they actually tasted good so i don't think it's that big of a deal the craziest experience i'll say was showing up to punta mona in costa rica which was like if you've seen the beach with leonardo dicaprio that's what it felt like it just felt like we had no idea where we were going and all of a sudden these 20 beautiful young people are like waving us to come to their island. And it was like, you could see the divide in our crew. Half the crew was like, this is the best thing, taking our shirts off to blend in. And then the other half were like, when are we leaving? This is crazy. <laughs> and uh, so I think that night in particular was just like one for the books. I'll never forget that night. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to go back and watch the Costa Rica episode. What's the first outdoor activity you've done that scared you, but like in a good way? Probably camping. Yeah, camping's a easy first. And I've been doing that since I can remember, like for fly fishing trips and stuff like that. But camping at night when you're not used to it is, is definitely weird. There's like, especially without a sleeping bag, you're like, why? what's preventing a mountain lion from just coming and, and grabbing me right now? Or like, what, what are those owls in the trees doing? It's just like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on, like right as you're most vulnerable in your sleeping bag. I once camped at Cougar Canyon and we camped without tents, like just in our sleeping bags. And the guy's like, we never see cougars down here. And literally like right before we went to bed, we went on a walk and like a cougar just completely jumped a hundred feet. He's like, they're not going to come down here. There's like 10 of you guys and one of them. And I was so terrified all night. Yeah. So what about gear? What's your go-to gear? When you're on the road. Ooh, when I'm on the road. One of the most important things is supplements because for so long I would travel without supplements. And then I like two weeks in, I'm like, God, I just feel like crap. Like I need to go home. And it was because I was like, I'm, I'm so healthy. I'm taking 20 pills a day and making sure like I'm getting my exercise and making sure I'm like every, all my vitamins are topped off. And then I go on the road and I'm eating like deli sandwiches for two weeks. And I'm, I'm just like, my health would just decline. So now I fill up this entire cabinet with vitamins and I've noticed that staying on top of my nutrition and supplements while I'm on the road, like it helps me stay out longer and not feel that rundown sensation. If you could choose one outdoor adventure to do for the rest of your life, what is that? (laughs) Um, Like I love free diving, but there's all this gear involved. And I think just being able to throw on some shoes and go run some trails is like the best thing I can do for my mental health ever. And, uh, it's just the quickest way to access that like sense of not only like you're getting endorphins from running, but also you're just immersed in nature and you're seeing animals and the sounds of the trees and stuff like that. I, I, it's an incredible feeling. What shoes do you run in? Um, I like ultras. Uh, I knew you're going to say that. That that's what I run. Yeah. So I, those like I've done superior, yeah, Mount Whitney and a bunch of stuff. That's like long distance trail overnight trips and stuff like that. they they hold up. They're great. What's next for you? Are you going to keep traveling? Are you working on another show? Yeah, I I have a few shows that I want to do and they're all travel and adventure based. I think my motto in life right now is setting big goals. So like I have that goal that I want to sell a show to Netflix. Like when you set a big goal, there's like a bunch of little goals that get knocked out without you even thinking about it. Like so far, I was like starting my own YouTube channel and starting Flow State and all these little goals are getting checked off. So I have a a long form show that I'm going to be filming starting 2021. It'll be my first like longer format series that I'm hoping to sell. So that's kind of where all my energy is going right now. 
Is it in the realm of adventure? Can you give us like a little teaser? It's doing deep dives into um, the companies that are doing the most right now, which are like charities and organizations that are really making a difference. So I want to go, um, I want to make an impact in this world, but I think I'm similar to a lot of millennials that we don't really know how, and we don't really know how we can help. So I want to kind of break that stigma and show that this is how we can help. Like if you donate a hundred dollars to this charity, this is where that hundred dollars goes. Or if you picked up a bag a day in your backyard, like this is that impact that'll be shown. So I really want to like take science and travel and adventure and kind of merge this into uh, really breaking that stigma of like trusting charities and like, let's, let's trust the people that are actually doing the most for the world right now. Dylan is all about taking risks, even if he might look like a goofball at first, whether it's a new film idea or learning how to skateboard, which by the way, you can watch him try in the first episode of Flow State. It's nerve wracking to do something you've never done before especially when you're used to being a proficient at it. But if we drop our egos and we embrace our curiosity, it can be fun to be a beginner all over again. Thank you so much to Dylan Efron for coming on the show. I love your vibe, and I hope one day we can surf together when the pandemic lets up. In the meantime, I'm really excited to watch the rest of Flow State. You can learn more about Dylan Efron and Flow State on Dylan's YouTube channel, which you can find in our show notes on rei.com slash wild ideas worth living. You can also connect with Dylan on Instagram and Twitter at Dylan Efron. That's D-Y-L-A-N-E-F-R-O-N. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, I'm Shelby Stanger. It's written and edited by the amazing Sylvia Thomas and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby, and our presenting sponsor is Subaru. As always, we appreciate when you subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. And remember, some of the best adventures happen when you follow your wildest ideas.